0: and possibility meet. Creating change. When it's kind of far away, creating change can be dreamy and magical, lots of magical thinking, like it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be beautiful. (laughs) And we can have so much magical thinking, right? It's the fairy tale, it's the promised land, it's the live happily ever after. Until we actually go through that arena door and step into it, and then it's a shit show. So I want to talk about creating change. It'll be interesting to see how many people listen to the show, because while we may want to create change, we have a lot of resistance towards it. So usually creating change isn't the way to draw people in, like, ooh, creating change. But so many of us want change in our lives, and we just don't know The steps to do it or the way that we do it is what I'm going to talk about and it's not working. We're exhausted. So my invitation for you today, because this is what I help clients do every day, you know, every hour that I'm coaching clients is creating change. And I've gone through and I've created my own change in my life. And a lot of it is internal changes, there have been external changes, there have been career changes, there have been lots of different changes. So let's talk about the old way of doing it and the way that maybe you've been doing it, which is getting you into the stock and the actual way that is effective and sustainable as well as less exhausting. Because change is exhausting. Change is doing something different. It's learning something new. That takes brain juice. That takes emotional energy. There's a lot of vulnerability. (laughs) This all sounds fantastic, doesn't it? (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the old way. The old way of creating change is what? To beat ourselves up, hate on ourselves, punish ourselves which then leads to where we stop believing in ourselves, right? It's so ineffective because if we stop believing in ourselves, the very thing that we need is to be able to believe in ourselves so that we can, as Brene would say, dare to be great, right? Dare greatly in our lives so that we can enter those arenas and be courageous. But if we don't believe in ourselves, it's really hard to dial up the courage that we need to create the change. And so when we stop believing in ourselves, then then what are the stories that we're telling ourselves? What is our mindset like? Right? And that's where often we go into numbing and hiding, right? Shutting down and getting in this downward shame spiral, right? And then we can maybe beat ourselves up. It just becomes this vicious, nasty neighborhood. And I've had many clients who've built successful careers, beating themselves up and hating themselves on the way up. But at some point, it doesn't work. It's too exhausting, or they become self-destructive, or their relationships are imploding. They hate themselves, right? And their relationship with themselves is full of hate, or they self-sabotage, right? They start to make decisions that are pretty detrimental. And sometimes they can even look at it as I call it off-ramping their careers, like just getting so mad that they just quit. And that's part of this great resignation that we're seeing where some people are off ramping because it's a very reactive decision. I've talked about this with Laura Boyd, who's been on my show. I've talked about this with other guests. I've talked about the great resignation many times. So these are the costs to the old way of beating ourselves up, hating on ourselves, punishing ourselves. And what happens is, and this is the pathway to burnout, right? And... We're so depleted, you know, and that's what happens in burnout. We just don't have any belief of hope that anything can be better. Not that we have to be hope inspired every day. It just is so much doom and gloom. So we need to stop beating ourselves up. I say this over and over and I talk about compassion and I understand, right? I have clients that are down in the trenches that are learning this and it takes practice. It's a really simple concept. And then we get in our own way or we're so used to beating ourselves up or we have people around us that are really good at beating us up or being examples of beating up is the way to go and we lose our footing. So let's remember that we must stop beating ourselves up. Okay. And we don't go from beating ourselves up to like magical thinking, right? Because that's the other aspect that gets in our way of creating the change. And when I would talk about magical thinking, I think about like people who leave their corporate job because they want to be an entrepreneur and have total control of their schedule and do whatever they want. And they don't want to have, you know, anyone being the boss of them, which is fine, right? I don't like anyone to be the boss of me, but they swing on the other side of the pendulum, right? And one of the things about being an entrepreneur is that it requires a great deal of Of self-regulation. It requires a great deal of honoring commitments to yourself when nobody's watching. When we go into an office and we have a time and other people are expecting us, that is actually a support system to help us be accountable. So it's not that it can't be learnable. A lot of people in the last two years with COVID and working from home have learned how to create systems that support them. Let's not go into magical thinking of like, oh, you know, this isn't working. I'm an off-ramp and it's going to be all magical and roses and sunshine. Being an entrepreneur is fantastic. I have plenty of clients, entrepreneurs. I'm an entrepreneur. There's some beautiful things and there's some total shit shows. But let's just get rid of the magical thinking because then that creates more pain and suffering, right? The other idea is like, oh, I work in a toxic culture, so I'm going to leave and I'm going to go to a new company that doesn't have a toxic culture. There's a lot of recruiting that's going on. There's a lot of, oh, here's the shiny unicorn. It's going to be fantastic. Here's the thing is we all have our own pain. We all have stories that would break other people's hearts. We've all had a broken heart. We all have our own difficulties. And so we bring that in, right? We bring that into the work environments. And there's a lot of us that aren't great at emotional regulation. So there's going to be toxic cultures other places. And while there can be great companies, there may be, I mean, sometimes companies have 60,000 employees. There's going to be systems that are dysfunctional in those workplaces. There's going to be units that are really functional, and sometimes people have been working in really functional units and then somebody retires, somebody leaves, and then the dynamic changes. I've had a number of clients that have had that. So again, with magical thinking, right, it's oh, I'm gonna leave this for the the grass is greener on the other side, right? Instead of realizing, like, okay, there is a lot of toxic culture throughout. All environments have their difficulties. There are difficult people, there are difficult colleagues, there are difficult bosses. There are difficult customers, there are difficult vendors, there are difficulties. So my friend, knowing that there are difficulties, it's really important to just realize that instead of having the magical thinking, because that's where it causes a lot of pain and suffering for my clients who are trying to create change, thinking that, oh, in this future, it's all going to be better. It's like the magic wand, right? There is no magic wands. There are shit shows everywhere and we can live an amazing life. Okay. So it's not about not having them. It's about managing. It's about emotional regulation. It's about moving through it and knowing that there's shit shows. One of the favorite metaphors that I like to talk about is the weather. So I live in California, Northern California, and the summer, it gets really, really hot. And prior, I grew up outside of San Francisco where it was, you know, 70, 80 degrees was a hot day year round. And I remember moving up here to Davis in college thinking this is crazy because it was so hot and then it got so cold. I remember my freshman year, we had Christmas training, which I wasn't thrilled about being up here at Christmas training and walking out onto the pool deck and nobody ever loves, well, at least I don't, morning practice. And it wasn't even that early because I remember the sun was up but I walked out onto the pool deck. It was freezing. It was 18 degrees and there were icicles hanging from the blocks. And I looked at this ridiculousness and said, what the hell am I doing here? Why did I choose this school? It was really cold, right? Again, what I thought was cold wasn't even cold compared to this. Granted, the pool's 82 degrees. It was cold. That was a very cold winter. And I remember the pipes were freezing throughout town. So in the winter, it's cold. In the summer, it's triple digits. And I remember when I was first coaching swimming back in 1993, and it was 114 degrees for like six days in a row. I'm thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> I ask that question a lot. What am I doing here? It's the weather. There's nothing I can do about the weather. I can't change it. I can pretend and think that it should be different than it is, but that's not going to create any difference. So instead I can better it and be like, okay, when I get off of work, I'm going to go to the movie theater. I'm going to bring cool drinks. I remember when one of the parents brought a cooler full of like iced teas and Arizonas and different drinks. It was one of the best days. So that's what I mean by managing it. Instead of arguing with it, thinking it shouldn't be is how do you manage it? How do you take care of yourself so you can get through those difficult things? The weather is the weather. Difficult people are difficult people. There's going to be toxic cultures. How do you not let that take you on? So like you suffer from heat stroke in those 18 degree days that You freeze, right? What are the things that you do to protect you from the elements of the weather? That's what I mean by managing them. It's not about not having difficult people, but how do you manage as you move through it? Okay. So the old way again is beating ourselves up, hating ourselves, punishing ourselves. I've had lots of clients who've been very successful by going this way. This is the pathway to burnout, It is the pathway to burnout. It is the pathway to hating what you do. It is the pathway to ending, whether it's a sport, a job, a career relationship in a way that is very painful. And I think about people who leave our sport of swimming where this has been their way to success and when they leave it, they really hate it. Right. Because they beat themselves up. Or when I used to do weight loss coaching and clients would white knuckle and beat themselves up before they came to me. Right. Because that was the way. And then they couldn't keep that weight off and they had to learn a new way. So the better way is to stop beating ourselves up. And you're like, well, Corinne, that sounds great, but how am I going to know I'm going to get shit done? You well, compassion is not weakness, my friend. I had a client that used to tell me that. She's like, Corinne, I really think compassion is weakness. And then I remember one day she finally was like, I think compassion is the way through. And it was really the way through of a very difficult situation. I was working with a group today and we were talking about anxiety. And Harriet Lerner talks about how we deal with anxiety as we either overfunctioners or under functioners when we are feeling anxiety. And it was so beautiful in my group because as they were going around and identifying were they an over or an under, many of us were both and we used them in different circumstances. And it was beautiful because we were just stating it as it was. There wasn't judgment. And for those of us that didn't have judgment, there wasn't shame and there was so much less pain. It was very matter of fact. It's Here I am now that I see this, what can I do moving forward? So acknowledge what you do without judgment. We must acknowledge what we do so that we can change. You cannot change what you do not see. And it's really hard to see a lot of our emotional beings, how we respond, how we react to things, right? Because it's not something that one is we're seeing it through our eyes, We're not watching ourselves on the outside. We're in the experience. It's not something we can touch. It's really can be hard to measure. So we must be able to own it when we can start to go, oh, when I'm feeling anxious, I tend to jump in to fix it. I tend to, you know, I don't hold that space. I'm like fixing it because I want to take away this discomfort. I get busy into other people's problems because I don't want to deal with my own, right? own that story without judgment. All you need to do is own the story, right? Acknowledge what you do as matter of fact as you can, right? And I know before I used to do this work, I was like, I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen and be like an ostrich. I'll put my head in the sand because I just don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. If I don't see it, then it doesn't happen, right? That's not true, right? So acknowledge what you do, and with the boundary of you're not allowed to beat yourself up, not allowed to beat yourself up. It's ineffective. It doesn't mean that you don't hold yourself accountable. It doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries, right? Just don't beat yourself up. It's not effective. We don't like when people beat on us, when people judge on us, but then we do that crap to ourselves. And that's what we need to stop. So instead it's about loving ourselves, right? And it doesn't mean like, oh, it's okay. You're miss fix it and it's okay. And you can just keep on doing it because the question is, do you really want to be the person that's always fixing everything for everybody else? Like, think about that. I can be the queen fix it and it is exhausting. It may be a nice ego boost for a moment. There might be some dopamine hits, But it is exhausting. And then later on, there's resentment like, oh, I'm always responsible for everybody, right? Which then can become a martyrish. So, learning that pattern, seeing that pattern, that way of being has helped me have a boundary of like, okay, what is where I want to help? What does help look like? Is it really mine to fix? Or is it mine to sit here and listen? And my friend, we're always learning. Right. Like we're always learning. We don't have to be a knower. We don't have to be a master at it. Cause we're gonna learn and grow. And that's the beauty is that I continue to learn. And then of course my brain's like, too bad you didn't know this two days ago. So you didn't make this mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that's not compassionate. That's not saying any judgment. So here I'm laughing with myself, right? Because I notice that voice. I notice that critical voice. And I'm like, oh Corinne, it's okay. I am learning. I am learning and I'm developing and I'm evolving and I'm going to continue to get better at this. So the goal is, is to have a boundary that you're not allowed to beat yourself up. You're here to love yourself. Loving yourself is how I was talking to myself in that later half. It's not about rationalizing or not holding ourselves accountable or not being in integrity with ourselves. Loving ourselves is being in alignment with who we are. It's being in alignment with our values, with our way of being, right? Each of us has a different set of values that are uniquely ours. Your values may be different than mine. That's okay. There's not a right way or a wrong way, right? That's actually filled with a lot of judgment, the right way or the wrong way. It's about being in alignment with your values and loving your values and loving yourself. Loving yourself, like I was coaching a client today and I said, when your daughter was born, Did you love her? She said, Yes, of course. And I go, Think about it. She didn't do anything. And when they're babies, like when they're newborns, they're really hard. They may not nurse well. They don't sleep. We are trying to understand what they need, right? There's a lot of crying. They're pooping. They're peeing. Like there's all this learning. I remember when my daughter was 10 days old, I had her on my lap in front of the window because she needed vitamin D. And I just looked at her. She, could barely open her eyes. She was just really a blob, right? Lots of tears. We, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a whole lot of fun. And I felt this tremendous love, right? It wasn't because she did something. It wasn't because she was so amazing or so brilliant or so smart. She was a blob and I loved her. That's what I mean by loving ourselves, right? We need to go back and love ourselves, nourish ourselves so we can grow and be in alignment and show up in our lives and be able to be connected with other people. So loving ourselves, being who you really are. And here's the thing, it's already inside of you and it's deep inside of all of us. And sometimes we refer to this as our best version of ourselves. We don't have to be like the A plus perfect, you know, armored up self, but it's who we essentially are, right? That's the way that we want to love ourselves. And when we can come from this place, then we can acknowledge our strengths. What do I do? Well, here are the things that I do. Well, sometimes people like to call it weaknesses that can be a shame trigger. You know, there's no need to have shame about it. Own it, right? One of my weaknesses is I'm not a great cook. I own that story. There have been times that I wanted to learn how to cook, and I've learned that skill. It's a learnable skill set. And this morning, as I was making my poached eggs, like I have this new system. I love building systems. I love creating, you know, I like to be efficient and productive, which is just another form of perfectionism because it's cloaking for not wasting time. And I figured out how, after what this is mid-April, so I've been doing this probably since I don't know February of making poached eggs, and so I have this system, and I've revised it even more, so it's even more efficient. And I'm like, yes, it's kind of like an A plus on productivity efficiency, right? There's that little part of me, but I notice like it's actually complicated, but I've continued to build it and revise it, so therefore it's a system that I understand, and it allows me to make the breakfast. And I remember when I was sitting there with my eggs and my breakfast this morning, I was like, wow, look at this. This is amazing. I would never go out to breakfast because I can make this amazing thing. So I can cook when I put in the time and the practice and I'm willing to overcome, you know, the falling down moments. And that's delightful. And I'm also willing to own that. One of my biggest anxiety areas is in hosting people for a meal. That's like very, very stressful. That's not my idea of fun. It's part of it is because I haven't practiced it and learned it, right? So I can own that part, not judge myself and accept that's where I am today. And if I want something different, I can either practice and learn how to do it. I could hire out, which I've done in the past. There's many different options. Okay. So we want to acknowledge our strengths as well as our weaknesses, right? Maybe in work, maybe you're really good at delivering the presentations for work. You're, maybe you're not great at the financial modeling. I've had many clients that aren't great at the financial modeling, but they had a team of people that was really good at that, but they had all the shame that, well, I'm not good at it. It's okay. Own that part. Do you need to be able to build it or do you have somebody on your team that can? Where are you on the team and is your job to be the one that presents? Is your job to be the one that delivers on the sale? Is your job that to be the one that connects with people, right? We think about a football team, maybe you have a really good throwing arm and you're not a good kicker. Don't worry about the kicking. We need to bring in a good kicker. So acknowledge your strengths and acknowledge your weaknesses. And when we acknowledge our strengths, one of the boundaries around this is that let's do it without arrogance. We don't need to one up or be better than other people, right? That's not what it's about. It's like when we acknowledge our strengths, we say, this is what my strength is. This is what I'm good at. And being able to really own that and being truly comfortable with who you are and what you're able to do and not able to do right? That's the sweet spot we want to get into. We don't need to beat ourselves up and we don't need to puff up, right? We don't need to shrink and we don't need to puff up. Like we just need to be who we are. I use this quote like every single day. I remember when I first read it, I was drawn to it. And I was like, Ooh, I liked it. I didn't even understand why I liked it. My soul knew that I needed it more than I did. And I use it every single day, used it many times with clients this week. But this is from Brene Brown. It's from The Gifts of Imperfection. It's owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing we'll ever do. It takes a lot of courage to own our story. It takes so much courage to love ourselves, right? Culturally, we're supposed to beat the crap out of ourselves. Like, who do we think we are, right? Own our story and love ourselves, That, my friend, is how we create change within ourselves, own our story, and love ourselves. We mistakenly believe it's our flaws that keep us from what we want. However, and so we don't own our story and we hide away from it. However, our flaws, our potential stories of how we're broken, that is what helps us become who we are right? So we own our stories and we look at it. And if there's something you're not good at, that is something you can create. So an example of this is growing up, I grew up believing that I didn't belong, whether it was racially, you know, being biracial, socioeconomically, educationally, right? Like, oh, I just felt like I was different. There was something wrong with me. I've spent a lifetime creating belonging cultures, when I was a lifeguard at this lake, I was the social coordinator. I was really good at getting everybody together and we'd go do stuff because I really like connecting with people. I became the social coordinators, really good at gathering people, right? And... I build communities. That is what I do now. Like I built the peer counseling program for the student athletes, right? And that was a community, and I like that. And then I built the Aqua Monsters, and this is what I do: is I create belonging cultures. We have one here at How She Really Does It, right? I have it with the groups of clients that I work with, a place where people belong. Right? One of the theme songs that I talk about and when I give talks and I've talked about here is my theme song for my life is from the television show Cheers, a place you go where everybody knows your name, where people are all the same, right? It doesn't matter your income level, your degrees, your professional status, but having a place of belonging. I'm able to create that because it came from a place of a hole in my life. It came from what I thought was a potential flaw. So when we mistakenly believe it's our flaws that keep us from having what we want, we get into this shame spiral, this downward spiral. But remember, it's our flaws that help us become who we are. I'm going to read you this quote from the Book of Forgiving. It's by Desmond Tutu and Mufo Tutu, his wife. And it's the most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat known suffering known struggle known loss and have found their way out of the depths my friend i ask you have you known defeat have you known suffering have you known struggle have you known loss and have you found your way out of the depths And I know some of you may be like, but I'm still in the depths. Yeah, there may be an arena. There may be a section, right? But acknowledge where you have found your way out of the depths. Maybe you wanted to have a kid and it was really, really hard. And you went through a lot of heartache and you have a child now. You're out of the depths. Doesn't mean there aren't shit shows in other arenas. Maybe you had your identity around a job and you lost that job and that identity and you found your way out of that depth with something else or learning to not have an identity based on your job or maybe finding a better job that was more fit for you right so if and i would imagine most people here in our community if you have known defeat if you known suffering if you've known struggle if you've known loss and you've found your way out of death you are the beautiful people what we think are the flaws it was what makes who we are so my friend if you want change there's a much better way than self-beating self-loathing and white-knuckling it's about owning what you do well as well as what can be improved all while loving yourself. It's also about understanding that not everything has to be improved, right? Like I've got my breakfast routine down. There's a few dishes that I cook for and I make great dinners or dinners recently that I've really enjoyed and I'm not willing to cook a Thanksgiving meal. Like that's not even an option, (laughs) (laughs) not even an option. Maybe a dinner party again. I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. But I'm really clear about that. And I don't need to improve on that. So that all takes courage. It takes courage to own what we do. Well, what can be improved and what we're not willing to improve. And it takes practice. And when you do this, you'll create the change that you desire. All right, my friend, I'm smelling big for you. Hey there. Before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts in television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR. And then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so idle.